And in this corner, weighing in at a set of blueberries, the standard low-fat Republican, grand old Republican, who refuses to fight the Democrats the way they fight us, Governor Goofball. And in this corner, weighing in at a set of Vidalia onions, the teller of truth, the slayer of Democrats. Folks, people want a champion. A man and his microphone. The really real deal Welcome to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, taking it to the streets here as we listen to a little bit of the Doobie Brothers there. Welcome to today's program. Thank you all for being there. And uh, we have a fantastic program lined up for you today, folks. And uh, and towards the end of the program, we're going to do that drawing again for the five, uh, the final five uh, $100 gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And... Um, and uh, now, speaking of Ruth, we want to start out with uh, condolences to uh, the Washington family. My cousin Ruth, my late cousin Ruth, was 102 years old, and uh, the uh, she will be sent off to heaven today. And so uh, I'll be dashing off after today's program to head out to uh, Union Baptist Church to be with friends and family. And uh, we were blessed to interview my cousin Ruth when she turned 100 uh, a couple of years ago. And we'll, we'll play a little teeny clip of that uh, a little later in the program. And uh, we uh, and the full interview with her is up on our website at The Really Real Deal. Uh, now, today is the uh, 200th anniversary of the birth of Karl Marx. Uh, we're going to discuss that today. And uh, I think that this, this situation with North Korea that people are so excited about, you know, number one, these people lie. Okay. Well, actually, number one, anyone can lie. <laughs> okay. Let's let's not act like you know they're one hundred percent liars, and we never ever ever tell a lie. Okay. But um, you're more likely to get truth out of a free society, a a, a Christian based society, than you are out of a, a a repressive society, which all this stuff is rooted uh, from Karl Marx. Okay. Born two hundred years ago today. Okay, the father of communism. And as a matter of fact, the North Koreans' daddy, sugar daddy, the Chinese, they sent a statue to the hometown in Germany where Karl Marx was born. And uh, that statue went up today, okay, a few hours ago. Now, 
Uh, and, uh, and of course, you know, what would it be without the New York Times? The New York Times uh, had a piece that ran in their paper today that said, happy birthday, Karl Marx, you were right. Okay? So, yeah, that's right. You tell them, get them, Maximus. <laughs> that's Maximus the hatchet hound. Uh, Maximus doesn't like that, okay? Because, see, my dog is so smart. Uh, my dog is a capitalist, so he hates communism. He you know, he doesn't want to equally share uh, treats. All dogs just have an EBT card, okay? Because Maximus, he earns his treats. When he wants a treat, he'll come do a trick. He'll stand up on his hind legs and uh, and use dog psychology on me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he earns his treats, okay? No trick, no treat, okay? That's the rule uh, on Johnson's Mountain. But any, anyway, <laughs> so... Uh, n- uh, more about today's program, folks. Uh, these poverty pimp Negroes had this thing. It was yesterday or day before yesterday. Uh, the Urban League. Mark Morial. Uh, you know, Mark Morial is uh, from a long line of uh, poverty pimp Negroes down in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay, and just, you know, his daddy was a poverty pimp. He's a poverty pimp. As far as I know, maybe his granddaddy might have been a poverty pimp. I don't know, okay? But these jokers, uh, they every year they put this thing out called the uh, the state of black America, okay? And see, and I, I, I hate to have to even deal with this kind of stuff, but, you know, if I don't do it, who's going to do it, Okay. Because, you know, you hear all this stuff about people whining and moaning about, you know, ooh, I have brown skin, and because of my brown skin, I'm being picked on. And so, and there's a tie-in with that, with uh, Marxism, okay? Because we've kind of reverted, not reverted, but we've, the the attack that these people uh, have launched on Western civilization has morphed from classical Marxism to cultural Marxism, okay? Because, see, the the folks that I talk about and talk to uh, as members of the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic, yeah, capitalistic coalition, okay? We who believe in the seven C's of a successful society and, um, you know, Christian faith, conservative values, constitutional limits, capitalistic opportunity, choice in all things. You, you get no choice in communism. Your choice to commit aborticide, no other choice. So choice in all things. Confrontation with evil. You can't confront evil in a communist society because the evil dominates the society. It's run by evil. That's the definition of communism. Evil, okay? Um... Uh, and it's evil because there's no freedom. It denies what God created, okay? God gave us our freedom. You know, Washington, Madison, Jefferson, they didn't give us our freedom. They merely acknowledged that we're free and that freedom comes from God. That's all they did, okay? And they wrote the purpose of government is to secure freedom, to secure rights, to defend freedom, to defend rights, not to grant freedoms or determine what the limitation of your freedom would be. That's not the role, the proper role of government. But, you know, 200 years ago, this wicked demon Karl Marx was born, and he foisted this crap onto humanity, 
okay? But back to these seven C's, confrontation with evil. And then the last one is consistency in application of law. And we see this every day now with all this uh, crying about Trump. Uh, Trump colluded with Russia, okay? And there is no collusion. There was no collusion, not in the Trump administration, not in the Trump campaign. There was, however, collusion, but because there's no consistency in application of law, the true collusion never gets revealed. And the true collusion was Barry Hussein Obama and the Hildebeest, uh, you know, Mrs. Clinton, and their collusion resulted in $145 million going from Russian oligarchs to the Clinton Foundation. It resulted in $500,000 speaker fees for Bill Clinton. I forget how many hundreds of thousand dollars speaker fees for Hillary Clinton, but a lot of money went into the Clinton coffers uh, because the uh, 20% of America's uranium capacity was sold and approved by Barack Obama, the Obama administration, the uh, State Department headed by Hillary Clinton, and nine other governmental regulatory agencies. Now, I don't know what they got out of it, but, you know, Barack Obama must really be stupid. See, the Clintons, uh, the Clinton wickedness, they got paid to be wicked. Now, why did Obama be wicked? Okay, he's just wicked, okay? You don't even have to give that joker money to be wicked, okay? Now, now, unless he got some money and we just don't know about it, okay? They could have folded it into that uh, $17 million book advance that the joker got. I, I don't know. I haven't, you know, there, we have a lot of very, very fine uh, investigative journalists. So if there is a financial tie, but, you know, typically with uh, Obama, it would just be, that's what he believes, okay? He believes that elite people like him should make the rules and regular people like us, you know, we people who we cling to our guns and our God, you know, a direct quote from that Negro, you people, you cling to your God and your guns as a way to explain the antipathy you have because y'all are on the losing side of this new country that we are remaking here, okay? Because remember, when that joker um, got elected and five days before his inauguration, he didn't say, we're five days away from restoring America. No, no. He didn't say, we're five days away from repairing America. Oh, no. He didn't say, we're five days away from improving upon a, an America that's already great, okay? Oh, no, and his wife didn't say that either. His wife didn't say, you know, I've always loved America, and I love America more now. Oh, no, that wicked woman said, for the first time in my adult life, I'm proud of my country. First time, first time. And Barack Obama, he said, we're five days away from what? Fundamentally transforming the United States of America which is what Karl Marx said was the purpose of Marxism, to create fundamental transformation, to change. He said philosophers through the years explain things, but they don't change things. And see, and we're going to change things. And so they go to the guy with calluses on his hands and work boots on his feet, and he's tired because he's working 10 and 12 hours a day, and he's not getting ahead. And so they stoke his anger, and they tell him, well, we're going to just take it from your boss, and we're going to give it to you. 
Now, when in human history have, when these people took things from the capitalists, have they ever given it to anyone? They take it in the name of the poor, but the poor stay poor. And not only do they stay poor, they get poorer. And not only do they get poorer, but they get locked into poverty and they get to be told, well, this is your duty. You're the proletariat. It's your duty to sweep the floor. It's your duty to clean my toilet. It's your duty to, you know, to do the things that Michelle and Barack Obama gave a speech in Ohio when that joker was running for president. And she told these poor people in Ohio that you you all don't need to go to college. Why, Barack and I, we're still paying off our college loans. Why would you get into that kind of debt? Well, you need to work in the helping industries. You need to be a nursing aide. You need to do. I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. You know, even Maximus didn't like that. You know, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> no, see, the thing about uh, capitalism and, 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 and a, a nation that's founded on God's law is that there's equality of opportunity. If you apply yourself, if you apply God's principle, you get the benefit of the result of God's principle. Now, if you don't apply it, you don't get the result. Okay, and so it's just that simple because you see, God does not discriminate. Okay, you take a rich man, he can be black or white, he could be one of these multimillionaire basketball players, he could be Kanye West. I don't care who the millionaire could be. Okay, a guy that I used to, uh, I used to call him Kanye West. Okay, but uh, I'm gonna cut him a little bit of slack. We're gonna talk about him later in the program, too, but uh, a little bit of snack, man. I'm gonna cut. Kanye a little bit of slack. I'm not going to throw myself at his feet the way a lot of conservatives are. It, that's stupid, okay? It's really stupid. But uh, I'll cut him a little bit of slack, and we're going to unpack a whole lot of this stuff. But anyway, we're up against our very first break. But before I go into our first break, uh, what we're going to do, uh, we normally have a little song we're gonna, that we play, uh, but we're going to... Uh, uh, my cousin Ruth's favorite song was Amazing Grace, okay? But we're going to play a little teeny bitty clip of my interview with, with her when she turned 100. And it's about a minute long. And then we're going to play her favorite song, Amazing Grace, in honor of my late 102-year-old cousin, Ruth Washington. Yeah. So now, how does it feel? Uh, you know, and I know you're hearing this all the time. You know, what what's it like? Um, and and I and I know, you know, knowing you all my life now. Okay, I've known you since I was a little itty bitty thing. And um, and I, and I have to say, you truly are a a, a daughter of the Lord. And uh, I tell you, it's. Um, your 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 favorite Bible verses are a key, one of the keys to how you got to be a hundred. I think uh, is in Exodus twenty twelve, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord giveth thee. That's correct. Yeah, that's one of your favorite Bible verses. Yes. Yeah, and um, and I think if I remember correctly, Psalms thirty four is another one of your your favorites. I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise yes. shall continually that's correct be in my mouth. And you've always been like that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Angry. Yeah. 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 And uh, now I understand your favorite New Testament Bible verse is from Romans, the book of Romans. Yeah. And I, and I guess this is because you've been through so much in your life. And that uh, 828 is, and we know, not not we think now, we know that all things work together. That's for, correct. For good to them that love God and to them who are called. Yeah. According to his purpose. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Now, you have any words of wisdom for the young folks out here, Cousin Ruth? Well, yes, I said that they love their father and mother and and educate themselves and vote and love one another. Amen. I couldn't have said it any better, ma'am. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. Sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. 
Well, actually, I should say welcome back to the program, America. <laughs> we have folks listening uh, on Facebook, and, uh, you know, I see some friends from uh, New Mexico popping up here. Just want to say uh, hello to my friends uh, all over the nation and uh, folks from uh, the um, Phoenix, Arizona area. And uh, we're, we're, we're looking forward to uh, being live on the air uh, in Phoenix and, uh, and hopefully some other places, too. You never know. Maybe New Mexico. I have lots of friends in New Mexico. But uh, anyway, for right now, folks, uh, we are going to get back with this um, 200th anniversary of Karl Marx. And, you know, this also is the 200th anniversary this year of um, Frederick Douglass's birth. I mean, and you just, you know, make the comparison, you know. Now, Frederick Douglass, you, you heard the James Brown song, This Is a Man's World, okay? Now, Frederick Douglass, now, you talk about a man. That's a man's man, okay? Guy rose up from slavery and then did not whine about, ooh, you've treated me bad, now you need to give me something free. No, Frederick Douglass said, just leave me alone, okay? See, this man had a, a keen understanding of what happens when government has power over your life. So he didn't want to have government to say, okay, you used to favor the other guy, now favor me. No, he knows how these pendulum swings go. And so he just wanted government to get out of the way. I'm a man. I can take care of myself. And so now let's analyze uh, what would happen if that were uh, the rule today. Well, of course, all, all these poverty pimps like uh, the Morial family down in uh, New Orleans, uh, you know, Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, Malik Shabazz, Al Sharpton, uh, Cornell West. You know, the, I mean, Cornell West, give me a break. Did that joker get his uh, college degree out of a crackerjack box? You know, Princeton University should be ashamed. This guy with this throwback 1970s afro and semi-literate, you know, not quite as semi-literate as Al Sharpton. But, I mean, my goodness, these people can't even use... You know, talk about the king's English. They can't. They can hardly use the the English uh, out of the street. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But they throw money at these people. Okay, they 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 don't have a single original idea. It's nothing but Marxism. And I one hundred percent disagree with my uh, conservative friends, my Republican friends, who say well, Marx didn't understand. Okay. Um, Kanye, Kanye, not <laughs> Cornell, okay. <laughs> These Wests are, are tripping my tongue up. Cornell West, Barack Obama, Al Sharpton, Louis Farrakhan, they, they don't understand. The Democrats, oh, they don't understand. Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders doesn't understand. Why, why would you say Bernie Sanders doesn't understand here? This joker has done exactly what he wanted to do with his life, okay? He's in his 70s, and he's had one job, senator, okay? He didn't, I mean, really, the guy did, he never had a career. He's been a bum his whole life. His, he didn't get his first job until he was in his 40s, okay? The guy took his honeymoon in the Soviet Union, all right? And so, and he's not confused. He's evil. He's wicked. He wants to live at the expense of his neighbors. And so, the mistake that my conservative friends or, or my friends who think they're conservative, okay, I, I'm a conservative, okay? A conservative does one thing, one thing, folks. 
He wants to conserve the idea that our freedom, our rights, our liberties are a gift from God. And that's all he's doing. He's defending that idea, okay, from all attack, okay? And so, now what does the left do? They want to say, or uh, uh, folks like Marx, oh, no, you need, you're the pro- proletariat. The rich man is oppressing you. You need me to defend you. And that's the end of the. That's the end of your freedom. We go, we're up against the bottom of the hour break. We're going to take that break, and we will be right back. Feeling my way through the darkness, guided by a beating heart. I can't tell where the journey will end, but I know where to start. They tell me I'm too young to understand. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly, friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on The Big Dog for Talk Radio, the really real deal. And I want to say what a pleasant uh, surprise it is to get a call from Howard from New Mexico. Howard, how are you? Hey, Brother Craig. It's great to hear you. I didn't even realize that you... You snuck away from Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. I came out there and I, I grabbed me a wife up from Albuquerque, man, and I brought her, brought my sweet wife on home to mama. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I messaged you um, on Facebook as well to let you know that um, I wasn't sure when you went out there uh, because I was out there for the inaugural. And uh, my dad's family lives out in Richmond, so I, I commuted because uh, it was so crowded in the D.C. area to find Oh, yeah, man. We got to hook up the next time you come out. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And yeah. uh, on that message, uh, send me an email, and I'll let you know I just finished writing two books. I, and, see, uh, I see your book here. You know, Vice Theory. You, you gave a Vice Theory lecture, and now you got folks uh, scrambling to try to publish your book. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think what you would enjoy is that finally— we have a scientific basis for morality. So that means that we can, we can now argue from a scientific point mm-hmm. why certain kinds of behavior and certain kinds of conduct is either, either morally uh, beneficial or it's destructive in mm-hmm. terms of, look, look if, this, if this world, if, if God used uh, code, DNA, we know is genetic code. If he used that, mm-hmm. then maybe he used that same kind of, uh, you know, basis to create other things. For example, we know that the Fibonacci number sequence you've seen in the plants, the little spiral that the conch shell is and mm-hmm. honeycomb and all these numbers, and people get all wrapped up in that. But let's just Well, a double you, helix will kind of wrap you up. That's some deep stuff. <laughs> it, is, it, it is. But to make it simple, if he used a... Um, construct that has order and symmetry to it, mm-hmm. then perhaps when we look at the evil in the world, maybe that is asymmetry, noise, disorder, static, chaos. And you know it is, you know, because God is a God of order. And one of the things that these wicked people do is they try to create chaos. And, uh, yeah, with all this protesting and see folks on the outside, we don't like to protest. We just want to play defense. And we think that the other side, they don't understand. And my argument is that they do understand they've made a choice. Exactly. And and I think what my calling is, is, you know, Paul went to Athens, he went to Greece, Athens, Mars Hill, and then he, he pointed to the statue of the unknown God. And he said, I know that God. 
there are a few things that they don't know, and I say they mean somebody who is contrary to the things that we believe are beneficial. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to put it in those general kind of contexts on yeah. purpose. Uh, but if we, it, when I point to that statue of the unknown God, just like Paul did, and I said, hey, you don't understand dark energy, you don't understand dark matter, you don't understand mm-hmm. subatomic particle entanglement well, or the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Well, listen, however, Howard, I, I hate to cut you off, but I, 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 what I would love for you to do this, I find this fascinating. And what I would like you to do is send me the book and let me read it. And we're going to schedule you for a 30 minute interview because what you've done deserves much more time than a five minute uh, conversation. I, and, and I need to be kind of up on it so I can intelligently uh, ask questions. And so I can follow along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, you'd enjoy it because the point is is that if anything that benefits what God has done, he's programmed, let's say, then you can say that's good. So mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. Oh, yeah. If two, if two people can't reproduce, that's not in line with the program mm-hmm. that was that was made for the, the dimension we live in. In other words, you can yeah. say scientifically that is not productive. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking very much forward to reading that and my my next guest is on the line, so we we got to okay. let it be that. Well, thanks. Hey, let respond to that and I will send that to you, brother. I'll and definitely I'm do that. So it's so good to, to hear from you. All right, All right look, you tell all my friends out there in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Hatchet Man sends them a a, a warm hello. I'm going to do that on my Facebook page, brother. You take care. You too. Thank you now. All Bye. Right. All right, and uh, and now we have uh, a friend of liberty, certainly if there ever was one, military man, current delegate, and current uh, member of that uh, triad of uh, contestants that are battling for the right to represent the Republican Party uh, in the uh, Senate election coming up, going up against uh, little Timothy Kane, uh, none other than Nick Freitas. Uh, Brother Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Craig. Yeah, yeah. It was so good seeing you yesterday morning at the Dave Brat Breakfast. And, um, you know, uh, Dave is a good one. Uh, and the, uh, the the Freedom Caucus is a crying shame. There's only 50 members. And uh, now I'm wondering how many members in the Senate do we currently have of Freedom Caucus uh, uh, thinkers? Do you Do you well, know? I would say, I mean, I think it, I think it kind of varies, unfortunately, but I definitely know we've got some great people like uh, Senator Rand Paul, Senator Michael Lee, uh, Ted Cruz, mm-hmm. and some others that can be consistently relied upon. I mean, I was, I'll tell you what, it was, it was a huge honor for me, not just politically, but personally, when Rand Paul and Michael Lee endorsed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just, I've really admired the, their willingness to stand by their principles, regardless of what comes. Yeah, and see, and that's what it takes. You said a mouthful there. Stand by your principles regardless of what comes. Because, Nick, don't we know what's coming? They, they, they hate everything good and decent and proper. Am I, am I exaggerating? Well, I, I think what it is is that, you know, look, I, I believe in redemption. I believe that everybody can come around. But I, I think it's amazing that people have bought into this lie that if they just hand over more freedom to the government, the government will take care of them. Hmm. Um, that is that is just a that is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, um, yeah. 
you know, got, the same guy that made you free made made a, a created order where government is supposed to keep you free, not control you. Right. And people buying into that, it just diminishes them as, as human beings, and that's what we're fighting against. Really, it's not just a candidate, it's not just Tim Kaine. It's a philosophy. That we're I'm glad you said that because you have to deconstruct what the Dem- Democrat Party says they're about and make people understand what the Democrat Party is truly about. And today, Nick, we've been discussing that today is the 200th anniversary of the birth of Karl Marx and mm-hmm. and the, and the fact that there's only two forms of government one that declares your freedom and my freedom are a gift from God and government as our founders stated was instituted merely to defend and protect those rights not to determine who's going to be the boss and you know, and, and if you happen to be a member of the pro- proletariat, you never, ever, ever get to be like yourself, run for office. OK, no. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, to that point, it was amazing. Dave Brad, who was a great congressman, was doing a town hall and he said, well, you know where our rights come from. And a bunch of people from the resist movement shouted out government. And it's mm-hmm. amazing to me that they would say that, because what were they there to do? They were there to protest government. Yeah. Well, if they don't really believe that all rights are derived from government, then what do they have a right to protest? What but you what, know, Nick? What, what that, moral authority? What moral authority? What sense? What objective sense of right or wrong were they appealing to? Mm-hmm. If government is the ultimate arbiter of what's right or wrong, or what your rights are. Yeah. So the, the the very fact that they showed up to debate proves that they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you on speakerphone or something? Because you're coming in kind of garbled. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, I'm out here in Louisa County at Quaker Hill Farm right now, so reception might be a little challenging. Oh, okay. Well, we'll soldier on. But now, this is what I think about people that do that. It's not that they lack understanding. It's that they're liars. They're, they're saying that they're opposing government because uh, government has done this. It's just they oppose government when someone else is running it that believes in limited government. And they want to cement themselves and people who think like them into power permanently. And if we don't uh, stop, for example, immigration, which is just uh, changing the electorate overnight, if we don't mm-hmm. stop this, then what will happen, Nick, is the uh, electorate will look like the electorate in uh, Mexico, South America, and other third world nations, and we will begin to get the types of results that they get because those people, the majority of them, will vote the way they voted in the country that they came from. Well, I think, I mean, I'll say this. We definitely need to stop illegal immigration. I mean, there's no question about that. But one of the things I love about American philosophy is that it's not ethnocentric. Right? Our, our philosophy, our principles, our ideals, they're available to everybody. Um, and, and, and again, if, if you're someone that believes in individual liberty, if you believe in equal justice before the law, if you believe in property rights and the free market, um, this is a country where you can flourish. All we ask is that you come here legally, and that is yes. not too much to ask. Now, so, now Nick— yeah. How do you how do you break through the lies that the Democrats tell that all immigrants and they say the same thing about uh, African Americans or women? They take all these subgroups <laughs> and they try to uh, make people think the uninformed. They make the uninformed and particularly the young. They make them think that these groups uh, are vote ninety percent. Democrat and that they hate and they hate Republicans. But the simple fact of the matter is that legal immigrants, many of them love Trump. They love Republicanism because they see it as 
protecting them that when the illegal immigrant comes in, the crime that they bring, the depression of wages that they bring, before it affects someone that's been here for a long, long time, it affects the guy that just came here legally, right or wrong. Oh, no, no. Well, I think, I think here's the other part of that, too, right? We, we don't just want to build a wall. We don't want to just have merit-based immigration reform because it's good for U.S. citizens and good for immigrants. Believe it or not, here's the crazy part. It's actually better for people that are trying to immigrate here illegally, too, and I'll explain why. Because when Barack Obama said, if you send your child here unaccompanied, we'll let him stay, he created an incentive structure where a bunch of parents handed their kids off to people that were going to try to get them in here legally. Well, you don't just go to a travel agency for that. You know, the cartels run that operation. Mm -hmm. We saw a huge uptick in in immigrant children being sold into the sex trade, being used as coke mules. Um, It was just, it was absolutely horrible. And and a big part of it is because we don't have adequate border security. And so you, and and then you have policies that Obama pushed that actually encouraged people to engage in this behavior. And it didn't even achieve what he said it would. It wasn't compassionate. Those kids that were lost to the sex trade, that was not compassionate. But that's what you get when you chase a headline without actually understanding the real unintended consequences of your actions. And so I, I would just say that ultimately what we believe in, because we're conservatives, we believe in the power of the individual. We love people. We put people before government. And that's what we do in our policies. That's why we want greater tax cuts. That's why we want more regulatory reform so you can do what you want in your business. That's why we want equal justice before the law. We put people before government programs. But the West constantly comes up with some sort of new way to empower government at the expense of people, and they call it compassionate. I'll tell you right now, Craig, I've been all over the world. I've seen what that philosophy does to people, and the people that always suffer the most from it are the poor and the vulnerable. Yes, yes. Now, Nick, uh, before you go, I know you have a, a hectic schedule today. And, uh, and folks, if you're just joining us, this is Nick Freitas. Nick is running for the Republican nomination for the Senate, the right to face um, the uh, incumbent Senator uh, Tim Kaine in the upcoming November election. The primary is next month. Are you really, folks, we need to not complain. We need to vote during the primary, okay? But, Nick, when you say you've traveled around the world, tell people how you traveled around the world and what you did. So I, I was active duty military for 11 years. I was a, I was a Green Beret. So everywhere from Iraq to Bangladesh to Korea to Germany, I mean, you name it, um, all, all over the place and everywhere in between. But I also, my mom also took me on Christian, Christian missionary trips when I was younger as well. And so it, it, it gave me a, a real, it gave me a real good understanding for how these different philosophies, the philosophy of control versus the philosophy of individual liberty, how they play out the world over. And it gave me a huge appreciation for what we have in this country and how truly unique and special it is. And that's why I'm passionate about fighting for it. God bless you, brother. And um, you, you said a mouthful right there. You should, you should make that a commercial. All right. Much success to you. We're going to have you back on, uh, uh, you know, as we as we count down to the primary. All right. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. God bless. All right. right. And in in his honor, we're going to play man's world as we go into the break. (laughs) A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. 
Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, the FirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Well, there I go again, Virginia. Welcome back to the program, America. <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. And uh, hey, the whole United States of America is my neighborhood. And uh, we're just spreading the truth and uh, having a good time doing it. Uh, pimp slapping Democrats. We, we pimp slapping Karl Marx. Of course, Karl Marx, uh, he's in hell right now. Uh, he didn't believe in God. And so, the, you know, this is the thing that the communists, they always do. They, uh, as we, um, well, we can't say celebrate, but as we, as we mark the 200th anniversary of the, uh, of the birth of Karl Marx and that the evil that he unleashed. And, um, you know, and I was so glad, uh, so good to have Nick on. And, and, and as he explained that he's seen all around the world, uh, situations where people are free. And again, that freedom is a gift from God. Okay. And there's only two forms of government and Marxism is just one way to explain the negative side of that equation, just one way to explain it. And, uh, but you, you can call Marxism socialism. You could call what Karl Marx foisted communism. You can call it fascism. You can call it fundamentalist Islam, okay? Because yes, in, in Islam, they control everything, okay? And so the religion, the education, the economy, the military, Muhammad was a military commander, okay? Muhammad cut heads off. He didn't just say, hey, I want you to go cut his head off. He cut it off himself, okay? I mean, a lot of them, Okay, so, uh, you know, don't hand me this stuff about it's the religion of peace. Okay, and there's an interesting piece in um, in the um, what is it, Gatestone Institute. Okay, as a matter of fact, let me pull it up. Well, I'm not going to read from it. I'm just going to share you a a little bit of uh, what it contained. They are asserting there there is a Muslim scholar that makes the assertion that Queen Elizabeth 
is a descendant of Muhammad, that from back in the time when Muslims conquered Spain, that, uh, you know, one of the rulers, uh, you know, when they conquer a place, all the women belong to them. Okay, and so it's legal. It's legal to rape. That's what they call booty. Okay, and so when you you know when you're listening to uh, some song, shake, 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 shake. Then don't play this song, Mark. Okay, <laughs> shake your booty. Okay, <laughs> that's you know it, you know that's one of the ways soldiers were rewarded. Okay, you were rewarded with booty. Okay, and uh, some of the booty was uh, physical, like you would um, uh, money or wealth or, you know, the cows or whatever. And then some of the booty was, you know, you got to go and rape the women. And so this is something that was condoned in Islam. Okay, and so it's it's actually codified into law. Okay, so whereas uh, in the Christian faith, these things... It's not that they've never happened, but they're not condoned, okay? In, in Christian faith, it's not, it's not legal to lie, to steal, to, to murder. These things are against Christian law, but under Islamic law, and this is straight out of the Quran, it's okay to lie. They call it takira. It's okay to kill, okay? Anything, as long as you're doing it to advance Islam, it's legal, okay? And this is what they say, and this is what they write, and now there are portions of the Quran that uh, from the early years when Islam was, was weak and not established, where they put forward the, um, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like dog psychology, like Maximus, when he wants a treat, he flashes those eyes at you and he stands on his hind legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he, he's like, he's, he's harmless, okay? And so you go to any society where, where um, Islam is not yet uh, dominant or uh, like less than 1%, then that's the, that's the part you see, okay? We're, we're just, we're friendly. And there, are, and there are many that actually are friendly, as a matter of fact, because there, I have many friends that are Muslims, and they are friendly people, but, but they are not people that um, study the Quran and, you know, they're not, they're not angry people. They're, you know, just someone, and the only reason they're Muslim is because, you know, that's their heritage. You know, it's, it's not like they uh, buy into the latter part after uh, Muhammad's pilgrimage. Uh, they have a thing called abrogation in the Quran where anything that contradicts the early part of the Quran gets abrogated by things that occur in the Quran afterwards. Okay, and so that latter part is when they have power. And so, and you see a very, and, and, I'm, and I'm sharing this to make the connection to Marxism and all these various isms, which I call the coalition of evil. And they're all very similar. And so when, when they fight one another, it's like the bloods and the crips. You know, both of them hate the cops, okay? The cops are the good guys. They're trying to uh, protect society, what they call the thin blue line you know, holding civilization together. Well, the other guys, you can name them in, it could be MS-13. It's, they're still, they're criminal thug gang killers, period. And so because you have maybe the Nazis and the communists fighting each other, that doesn't say, well, one is good and one is evil. They're both evil, 
Okay? And so what ended up having to happen is in World War II, America had to defeat uh, not only the uh, Imperial Japanese, they had to defeat, and see, typically we say we had to defeat three things, but we had to defeat four things because the Muslim world threw in with Hitler, Hirohito, and Mussolini. Okay, the Mufti of uh, Jerusalem, you know, all these guys, the Ottomans, and, you know, it was the end of the Ottoman Empire, and they're angry at that. Okay, that's what 9 11 was all about. 9 11 was all about the, the anger that these people felt that going back five, six hundred years, well, not six hundred, but five, five hundred years. Uh, on 9-11, there was a, a, severe, a severe defeat to the Muslim world. 83 years later, there was another severe defeat on the same day, September 11th, okay? And so ever since then, it's like get even time. So whenever September 11th rolls around, your guard has to be up because there's a lot of these people that have a long memory. But anyway, back to this idea of abrogation, the, the friendly part, and this is how you have to look at not what people say, but what they do, okay? And as far as what they think, please, folks, that's off the table, okay? Anytime you hear one of these goofball Republican, uh, I mean, really, it just, it, it boils my blood. Whenever I hear Senator, Republican Senator Stupid and Republican Governor Goofball uh, trying to say what the Democrats, what they think, you know, well, I think Obama thinks this, or I think Donald Trump thinks that. You don't know what Donald Trump thinks. You don't know what Barack Obama thinks. You don't know what the Muslim world thinks. You don't know what the president of China thinks, you know, or that little runt in North Korea. You don't know what he thinks, nor do I. The difference is you're never going to hear me say, you know, the runt in North Korea thinks this. No, I can tell you what he says. I can tell you what he does. I can tell you what his history is. And from those things that are proven that, and provable, I can factor those things and I can come to a conclusion of what I think may be most likely in the future. Okay, that's all I can do. That's called being an analyst. Okay, anything else is wishful thinking, or you don't know what you're talking about, and you're trying to sound intelligent. Oh, so so and so thinks so and so. You know what? Next, you're gonna walk down to the to the carnival, and the person with the crystal ball, they're gonna do a reading. I mean, this is this is this is ridiculous. This is not rocket science, folks. There is a history. Karl Marx has a history. Marxism has a history. Communism has a history, okay? It's right there in black and white for anyone to read that cares to crack a book open. Over 100 million dead, well over 100 million. Ditto the Islamic world. 100 million dead, okay? Why? Because freedom comes from God and all of these various isms, fundamentalist Islam, Communism, socialism, fascism, all these various isms, they think, well, that was a slip. They want the power to control your life to be in their hands, not something in your hands because it was a gift from God. We're up at the top of the hour break. We will be right back, and we will open the phone lines up for your phone calls. You see... Stay 
Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on the Big Dog Radio Program, the really real deal. And we had a fantastic first hour, folks, and uh, we're praying for another great hour of radio here. And uh, in a very few minutes, uh, our good friend Corey Stewart is going to be calling in uh, to the program. And uh, and you never know, we might even have uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson later on in the program, but uh, a lot that uh, is going on, folks, and uh, and again, we have the uh, 200th anniversary of the birth of Marx, and so we're, we're in a discussion here about... Uh, the 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 uh, the proof is in the pudding. The history has been written, and all folks have to do is open the books with truth and integrity and tell the story. And it's it's really not complicated. And there's a tie-in with um, all this stuff about the. Um, the state of black America and and how folks are fawning over uh, Kanye West's uh, kind words towards Trump. And see, and folks don't realize that Joker dropped a um, a song just a few days ago. And so uh, when you get all this talk about Kanye West and tweets and Facebook and comments on all the news outlets, uh, that helps boost his sales, okay? And so, uh, you know, we want to bear these things in mind, folks. But we, uh, we, we, we're really in a, a battle. The Western world is in the fight of its life. And as I've shared many, many times, I think I've been, I can't count how many years I've been doing this uh, for, for most of my 10 years uh, on the air. I've been sharing uh, with the audience how every four generations this nation goes to war and things get very, very ugly. And um, and I mean total war, okay? We have uh, minor skirmish-type wars in between, okay? But the uh, Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and World War II, these were really, really what what you call total war, okay? And so as the weapons of war have morphed, the weapons of war have gotten to the point where it's, you know, it's, if, if you had a nuclear exchange, it would be game over. So mutually assured destruction uh, ensures that unless the, the Mullahs or a terror group uh, gets nukes, that the likelihood of nuclear war is somewhat limited. I won't say, again, I don't say what people think, okay? I'm just dealing in reality. But what is war after all? But one group of people or one nation wanting to impose their will on another. And Sung Tzu said, uh, what was this, uh, 2,500 years ago in the art of war, okay? The greatest battle you win is the battle you win without firing a shot, okay? That's the greatest battle you win. And so what that is, that's statecraft, okay? That's, uh, that's spies. That's bribery. This is, that's deception, Okay, and so this is the, you know, oh, oh, how did you think uh, Sung Tzu accomplished this? Okay, um, that that lady out at the uh, at the county fair with the with the uh, crystal ball. Is that how is that how he was going to do it? Uh, all the witches that got together that cast a spell on Donald Trump, the, uh, what they call a binding spell. Okay. And, uh, you know, and there's some days when it seems like Donald Trump is bound up. You know, maybe Mueller's a witch. Okay. And, uh, they 
they seem like they got him in a box uh, sometimes. And uh, and now to a, a plain, simple old country boy like me, okay, I try to uncomplicate things and unpack them and get to their essence, okay? Uh, to me, it seems like an easy box for Trump to get out of, okay? And uh, he didn't listen to me earlier on. Uh, when I said, fire them all, all these Obama holdovers, particularly those up at the top. You can't fire them all because, you, you know, the government couldn't function. There's too many of them, okay? But there are key ones you could have fired, okay? And so, and but he didn't. And so now he's literally, he's bound up. And uh, so is that our caller there? Oh, okay. All right. We're still, we're still, we're still waiting. We're gonna, we're gonna have a uh, a call in. We've had Nick Freitas. Uh, we're gonna have Corey Stewart here momentarily, and uh, and 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 we we may have. Uh, you know, I kind of reached out a little bit late, and so uh, if we don't get EW today, uh, hopefully we'll get him another day because you know I know these men are very very busy, and uh, and I'm very respectful uh, of their time. Okay. And so, um, anyway, the, um, so I think we, we do have, um, we, we do have Corey on now. And so we're just going to go straight to Corey and, uh, and Corey, we would play man's world, uh, by James Brown to introduce you, but we're not at the beginning of a segment, but (laughs) yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite articles that I wrote when you were running, uh, against Ed Gillespie for the nomination, uh, you know, steak and onions or blueberry tart. Okay. And of course you're the steak and onion guy and, uh, Ed Gillespie was the blueberry tart heart. And uh, I would love it if Republicans all over the country start using that uh, phrase onion toter. Okay. (laughs) So uh, thank you for joining us. I know your schedule is busy. How have you been? We've been busy. We've been very, very busy, but, uh, but good. We feel very good about the race. Um, uh, Poll just came out uh, two days ago, uh, the morning consult poll, which kind of leans left, honestly, but it shows that that Tim Kaine uh, has been dropping the polls, and uh, Republicans were were rising, uh, and now we're only three points from taking out Tim Kaine, uh, which is okay. an amazing turnaround. All right, well, that that would be great news. But you know, before you get a chance to take Tim Kaine out, you you gotta you know it's a three way race, and I think all three of you are great guys. I really really do. And my prayer, Corey, is that the uh, and I know. You know, you're a guy, you inspire great, great loyalty. And, um, you know, my prayer, and as do the other guys, E.W., Nick, uh, you you have people that are very, 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 very loyal. And um, my prayer is that after this is over, we really, really come together, and we're going to need the three of you to step up. The two losers are going to have to. Uh, step up. I moderated a debate the other day, and one of the candidates said he would absolutely not, and this was uh, Ryan McAdams, said he would not support Cheyenne Fenty if she were the nominee because, you know, there's some policy uh, disagreements that they have. But, Corey, I never hear Democrats. Never. Have you ever heard a Democrat say, if if, if my opponent wins the nomination, that I'm going to go and support the Republican? Have you ever heard that? No, but uh, in the case of Hillary Clinton, she's threatening to go, come out and support Democrats, and they're trying to run, run away from her in 2018. It's kind of funny. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But now, but, but for you and uh, you and the other guys, 
then, you know, what would your take be? Would you, do, if you were, uh, if, if you did not get the nomination, would you support uh, either EW or Nick against Tim Kaine? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. I mean, um, you know, we're going to have to hang. Look, this is going to be a tough year. Uh, it's, it's going to take, it's going to take a little bit of, uh, you know, God's uh, hand uh, to to win this election in November. Yes, yes. But we have to do it. We've got to take back Virginia. This probably uh, is going to be our last chance to really uh, move the state back uh, yeah. in the right direction. It's and, doable. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's doable. doable. This is a 70% center-right state, okay? Now, 70%, yeah. uh, a 70% Christian state, 70%. Uh, give you a prime example, Corey, of how doable it is, okay? Our two most recent ballot initiatives, the marriage amendment passed with 58% and the property rights amendment passed with 75%. So when you get 75% and there's no, um, you know, Republican governor goofball is not on the ballot. Republican Senator Stu Pid is not on the ballot. There's just an issue, okay? And the issue is, should you have the right to your property and the government not be able to take it from you arbitrarily and not uh, compensate you properly if it is for a truly, truly public use and not giving it to a millionaire, but a bridge, a school, or a hospital. So all the, you know, and to limit government guys like you and I uh, and, and most Republicans, all of us said yes. But, Corey, half of the Democrats said yes. So what does that tell you? You, you think some of that half of Democrats, you think you could get them to vote Republican? Yeah, you can. I mean, that's what I've had to do up in Northern Virginia. You know, keep in mind, you know, my district, you know, I'm up in front of almost a half million people. Uh, it's in Northern Virginia. I'm directly elected as the leader of that county, and I've done it four times. And I've done it by winning over not just Republicans. There's not enough Republicans up in Northern Virginia to win right. countywide elections. You have to win. You have to be able to win. Ex uh, expl expound on that, Corey, Democrat. because, see, that's, to me, that is one of the most fascinating things because these goofball Republicans act like they can't get brown people to vote for them, okay? Now, I have brown skin. I'm sorry, but I beg to differ, okay? And I find it absolutely ridiculous. And here, you have, you have a how many year history of getting brown people to vote for you? How many years? How many elections? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's five elections, four countywide uh, since 2003. Okay, now tell these knuckleheads that this is not rocket science. How have you done it? Well, it's uh, it isn't rocket science. You just have to you have to you know one thing that I've done and successful Republicans do is you actually go into Democratic leaning areas. You know, a lot of African American neighborhoods, but especially into black churches. And and what you find is that you know it, you don't have to go there and preach. You don't have to tell them what you. You know that that they should think this, that, or the other thing. All you got to do is go there and listen to them. And at that very moment, just by showing up, it shows that you care and you want to understand what their issues are and concerns and hopes and all that other stuff. Like any and, other neighborhood, uh, right? Like any other neighborhood. And a lot of Republicans avoid. They're afraid of black neighborhoods. They're afraid of black churches. They're afraid to go into areas where they feel uncomfortable. Uh, and that's why they lose. You've, you've got to be willing to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, that's something I've done continuously for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And you see, I'm going to tell you why they're afraid. They're afraid because 
on the Democrat side, see, the Democrats are outnumbered in the general population, but they dominate in the people that control the levers of culture. That would be academia, news media, Hollywood, newspapers. They, they, they dominate these. I mean, even school teachers, as they prepare their students from a very young age to grow up and become, you know, um, androgynous, non-sexual communists, okay? It's just an yep. all-out attack on everything holy, righteous, and pure. But And so they appear to be larger than they actually are because they have the loud megaphones. And so Republicans act out of fear. They think, oh, wow, I can't win, so why bother? But you right. have the courage to go. I think you raise a really good point. I think that that, that is true. Most uh, most, uh, you know, most, most liberals are, um, yeah, I mean, most, most people believe that the liberals are bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, no, you know, what's interesting, you bring this topic up, but I think it's very fascinating what's going, what's going on here with Kanye West. Now I don't like his music. It's not my thing, Yeah. but finally, I think, you know, after so many years of brainwashing by the left, now you have an artist that says, "No, wait a minute! I don't have to think like you. I don't have to talk like you. I don't have to. I don't have to buy all this politically correct garbage that the left has been spouting out for the last 15, 50 years." And I'm hoping that he will inspire other artists, especially other African American artists, to start breaking this mold of monolithic thought and start, you know, speaking their minds, see what they really think. You use critical thinking. Don't just you know, just know something that somebody, you know, has put out by the left. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I'm like you, I, and I can't say that I don't like Kanye's West music because I couldn't tell you the name of one song the guy ever cut. I, I mean, if I heard it, I didn't know it was him because I, I just don't listen to that type of stuff uh, too much. You know, give me some Frank Sinatra and some uh, and some Nat King Cole, you know, Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as a matter of fact, I bet you, I bet money that Mark is going to find Mona Lisa and it's going to be playing as we go into the next break. <laughs> Anyway, so, but look, as as always, it's it's so good to have you on the program. And look, we're going to have you on again as we get down uh, close to the primary. And I've been saying for the longest time, if I could take you, E.W. Jackson, and Nick Freitas and put you guys in a blender, you would be the perfect candidate. (laughs) Because, I mean, all three of you, you're so strong. And this is what we need. We need, we, you know, we don't, you know, Ed Gillespie was just weak. And I mean, but all three of you are strong. You're real men. And I really, you know, as, as the, uh, you know, as the leader of Hatchet Nation, I really appreciate real men because it's going to take real men to take our nation back. And final thought before you go, Corey, today is the 200th anniversary of the birth of Karl Marx. Okay. So, uh, over a hundred million dead from uh, people that believe in various strains of Marxist thought and wanting to control the lives of people and deny the the supremacy of God as the grantor and guarantor of our rights. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, I think you're right, and um, it, 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 you know I was in Poland 
1990, right after the, the wall fell. I was there for a year. And, and, and people in Eastern Europe, they know they knew the misery because they lived through it of communism. And, in, and even today, all these years later, you have people in Eastern, the parts of the, the world where there, was, where there were communist governments, they know that it leads to hatred and misery and poverty and loss of life. And, and, and they are the most conservative people you're ever going to find because they know it. Mm-hmm. And why it is that we can't learn this lesson. And that's the thing, you know, sometimes it's, it's only by going through an experience that you can learn something. And unfortunately in our country, we have all these young people who are completely oblivious uh, to the facts about what socialism leads to. And we've got to wake them up. We've got to educate them because they're getting a lot of propaganda in the schools. Their brains have been brainwashed. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you know, you're so right. And that's where it's at. It's these levers of power that control the culture. And number one is the schools because they're going after our children younger and younger and younger. And uh, I mean, and I find it amazing, Corey, that people won't even fight for their grandchildren. My goodness. Well, what is it going to take to make people want to fight? I, I don't know, but uh, we better, we better figure it out quick because we might not have a lot of left, one left to save our country. Yeah. Well, I know one God is not going to stop fighting, and that's Corey Stewart. So much success to you, uh, and we're looking forward to having you back on the program as we count down to the June primary. Good. Thanks a lot, Hatcher, man. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. And, uh, and folks, uh, what I'm going to do now is we are going to open up the phone lines, and maybe we can get one more call in. Uh, on the other side of the break, we are going to do the uh, final of the three drawings for those uh, $100 Ruth's Chris Steakhouse uh, gift certificates. We're going to give away five. We're going to pull uh, five names out of the hat and uh, so five more people are going to uh, listen to that succulent, uh, sizzling steak as the waiter brings you your steak at Ruth's Chris. And um, so uh, 804-454-1366 is the number, 804-454-1366. And uh, now we don't want you to call in just to throw your name in the hat uh, for the steak. Now let me share, if you're just joining us, uh, some of the subjects we're talking about, okay? Now, of course, uh, Marxism, and, and the connection, uh, the Urban League, and, and it's really even interesting, the Niagara movement with W.E.B. Dubois, okay? Uh, he was a Marxist, okay? Uh, Dubois studied in England, okay? Uh, he, he did his postgraduate work partly at Harvard, uh, the first black uh, postgraduate student at Harvard, and, uh, and he also did postgra- postgraduate work in Germany, Okay, and so he he had uh, W. B. Du Bois had Marxist thought uh, throughout his career, and he had to go up against uh, Booker T. Washington. Okay, and so this is uh, again Marxism versus capitalism. All right, now you look at again. Karl Marx at 200, Frederick Douglass at 200. Frederick Douglass, a real man, didn't want government to guarantee him anything. Karl Marx, all about the government. Now, they say with their lips, we want to guarantee the proletariat a fair shake. But what they're really saying, okay, what they're really saying, and this is not, again, I'm not a mind reader, okay? 
And uh, I would I would encourage you to not trust people who say they can read other people's minds. I'm reading history, okay? Because this utopia has never ever developed, and it never will develop. And but people say they're doing this to create utopia, and it, it boils my blood every time I see some Fox News analyst. He he thinks he he or she they think they're an analyst, okay? And they're saying, oh, it's you know they're trying to create utopia. They think someone even Rush Limbaugh does this all the time, okay? And I love Rush Limbaugh, but he gets it wrong, 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 one hundred percent of the time when he declares what other people think. Because the man, he may be a, a brilliant analyst in many, many areas, but he is not a mind reader, nor am I, okay? And so I don't want to say, well, they think they're going to create utopia. What they actually do, okay, regardless of what they say their intention is, the result is that power gets concentrated into the hands of a few. Millions die, hundreds of millions die, Okay, and billions end up living uh, lives of drudgery, you know. And as you just heard Corey Stewart say, he was living in Poland when the wall came down, and he can tell you from firsthand experience that these people know what it's like to live under government when government control, when the government runs everything. And here, and it's amazing that in the Virginia House of, uh, in the Virginia Legislature, the General Assembly. There's a debate even among Republicans. Uh, should I start calling them so-called Republicans, okay? I mean, you got the, the, the caucus of real Republicans and the caucus of low-fat Republicans, you know? The steak and onion Republicans versus the tofu and celery Republicans. It's just, it's ridiculous, okay? And that's almost an oxymoron. How can a Republican eat tofu and celery? I mean, come on, folks, okay? <laughs> on the other side of the break, uh, I hope that uh, we get five onion-toting Republicans to win the Ruth's Chris Steakhouse drawing. And I, you know, I'm, I, and I should have asked, Mrs. Hatchett and I actually went to Ruth's Chris, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, it was on my birthday we went. I should have asked them, and I didn't do this. Next time we go, we're going to have to do this, folks. I should have asked them, could they put some grilled onions on my steak? <laughs> because, see, when Mrs. Hatchet makes my steak, there's always grilled onions on my steak, okay? Always. <laughs> and so, you know, that's for, I mean... And look, and these folks, they could be doing themselves a great benefit uh, by including it on the menu. I only ask one thing, if Ruth's Chris or any other steakhouse or restaurant, if you're listening, okay, if you're listening and you decide to add grilled onions to your steak in the menu, this is what you have to do. You have to do this as a big favor to me. You have to call it Mrs. Hatchet's onions, uh, Mrs. Hatchet's steak and grilled onions. Okay. <laughs> oh, even Maximus wants a little bit of that. <laughs> well, listen, folks, we're going to take a, a, our bottom of the hour news break. And when we come back, we're going to pull those uh, five names for the winner of the Roos Chris Steakhouse steak. The Colosseum, you're the top, you're the Louvre Museum, you're a melody from a symphony by Strauss, you're 
Welcome back to the program, folks. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, the big dog for talk in the United States of America. So happy that you all are with us for our final 30 minutes of today's uh, program. And, uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, folks, um, you know, Kanye West, I'm glad he's uh, finally, okay, we can kill it now. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Kanye West was, um, you know, finally coming around uh, because a few years ago uh, he made a most ridiculous statement that George Bush hates black people, okay? And, again, you, you're not a mind reader, okay, nor am I. Okay, so but what I am is consistent. So not only is Kanye West not a mind reader, Rush Limbaugh's not a mind reader. Okay, all the Fox News analysts—they're not mind readers. Okay, you can't say uh, what's this 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 guy Don Lemon. Okay, uh, and 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 you know he's no. Um, news analyst. I mean, the guy is a news reader and he has a job because he has brown skin and he announced to the world what he does with his boyfriend uh, at home in the bed, which is none of my business and it's none of your business. Okay. You know, why can't this joker just stand on his capacity and, and say, well, hey, I deliver excellence and let that be that. All right. But and again, that's cultural Marxism uh, at work because the um, the the classic Marxism uh, got overwhelmed by capitalism. Okay, and so they decided that, hey, it's no way we're going to take the guy that has um, uh, what, um, you know, the, the, the working what they would call the working stiff. But what I maintain is a guy that maybe he's at the bottom today, but because uh, we've had the Western world, you have the capacity to rise. Okay. And this is what people are looking at, not where they are today, but where they could be tomorrow. And so what these people want is they want the end of that. They want the end of you relying on God to give you the power to empower you. After all, what is knowledge, folks? Knowledge is a power or a force that enables its possessor to overcome obstacles. Okay. And so it's, it's enabling. Okay. Then the spirit of God is enabling the spirit of God. If you submit yourself to God, it enables you, it empowers you. Okay. No one's going to do it for you. And so they hate this idea that you and I, it's like, okay, how dare you, Brother Craig? You just, as you say yourself, Brother Craig, you're just a little humble, little old country boy. Yeah, that's what I am, a humble, little old country boy. But this humble, little old country boy, I believe that my Father in heaven has empowered me, okay, and that I can do all things through him, all things, not some things, all things. If I can conceive it and believe it, I can achieve it. And that's like, that might sound like a trite little rhyme, but there's truth in that, okay? There's truth in that. And what these people really want, folks, what they really want is they want to take that from you. 
and they want you to take what they give you. And the excuse they give you is that, oh, the capitalists, they are oppressing you. Okay, how is it oppressing you when it's a fair wage for a fair day's pay? I mean, I can remember, well, not that I remember because I was there. I remember because I've read about it, that the, um, you know, one of the titans of um, industry in America was Henry Ford. And Henry Ford had a thing called the $5 workday. And back then, folks, $5 a day was a pretty big deal. Okay, and Henry Ford's belief was that a man, if a man works all day to build a product, he should earn enough money to be able to purchase that product. And so the assembly line cars, cars used to cost thousands of dollars. And Henry Ford's uh, revolution in manufacturing processes in, uh, brought the cost of cars down to the point where any, anyone with a steady job could afford a car. Okay, and so he and 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 now to Marxists, that's oppression. You're oppressing someone, and so when the trade unionists started picketing people to say, "Oh, this is unfair, and you need to give us more, more, more," one of the people they picketed was the the guy that got them that five dollar an hour workday, Henry Ford. What did Henry Ford ever do to deserve that? And so it it becomes into this is why I know. It is not what they say it is. It's about power. And they don't care, folks. They don't care. All right? And so this is just the, uh, the difference between people that believe in God and believe in being fair to their fellow man versus people that don't believe in God. And they're, they're selfish. They're of the flesh. And they're only thinking about their, their own fleshly desires. And they care uh, for no one else. And so that brings me uh, to Mark Morial, uh, who's president of the Urban League, and all these Negro, uh, what do you call them? They're not leaders, okay? They, 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 they used to be called Negro leaders, but uh, I call them poverty pimp Negro so-called leaders. They, they're not leaders, okay? These are people that are managing the, uh, the, the, the new Democrat plantation, now, the old Democrat plantation, you have physical chains. The new Democrat plantation, you have mental chains. And so this is where Kanye West comes in at, because Kanye West made a statement. And again, I've never heard one of his songs, so I can't, we can't play what his music. I don't know whether his music is good or bad. And, uh, but what he said was, to this, this statement that people make of being a 400-year slave, which, first of all, that's absolutely ridiculous because chattel slavery ended uh, with the Civil War over 150 years ago. But Kanye made a statement that if there's 400 years of slavery, there must be a choice there. And I'm in agreement with that. Regardless of everything else the man may have said, to include how he denounced um, George Bush, and, and look, and I'm not a, you who are longtime listeners, you know what I think of the Bushes, okay? Uh, but I'm fair to all, in, including the Bushes, okay? I'm going to be fair to the Bushes. I'm going to tell you the truth about them, but I'm going to be fair to the Bushes. And, uh, and, and he said similar things about Trump early on. 
And so, and again, I don't worship at Trump Tower. I, I believe Trump is the right man at the right time. I believe God put him there. And Kanye is reading the tea leaves, and he's merely uh, trying to jump out in front of the parade, which that's fine, okay? Because throughout history, God has used all kinds of people. And so God is using Kanye West. Kanye said something profound, okay? Never mind that his vocabulary seems to be limited to 100 words or so. Uh, the few words he chose with this quote, they were perfect, okay? He said, if there is any slavery, or I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but if there's any slavery that goes on for 400 years, that's a choice. And so now, of course, the neoliberal left these um, members of the coalition of evil that do not want to wake their Negro uh, people up from their uh, the the the, uh, the mental slavery, uh, the mental plantation that they're on, they don't want to wake them up. So they have to they have to attack that statement, and they have to say, "Oh, you're being unfair because uh, 200, 300, 400 years ago, slavery was not a choice." Okay, well, folks. Throughout most of history, slavery has not been a choice, okay? And I did say most because there was a case in, uh, when, in, in Egypt, okay? And this is biblical, okay? When the, um, the, uh, the dream of the seven cows that were fat, that got devoured by the seven cows that were skinny. And the same with the corn. The fat corn got devoured by the skinny corn, in which that dream got interpreted as seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine, okay? And people that did not understand did not prepare. People that did understand did prepare, and this is what the government did. And so there's a lesson in this for what government will do to you, okay? Government prepared. They saved 20% of everything for seven years, one-fifth. And so when seven years of famine came, the government was the only one that had food, the government. And so and it, the Bible doesn't say the government gave them food. It says the government sold them food. Big distinction between giving and selling. And so when the people ran out of money, when they ran out of uh, gold and different items that they could trade and barter in order to purchase food, the only thing they had left was themselves. And they literally sold themselves into servitude in order to not to die from starvation. So, and that was a case, and again, folks, not the word of Brother Craig, that's the word of God. Open your Bible, read it for yourself, call me next week if I got it wrong, okay? And, uh, but no, I did not get it wrong because I've been sharing uh, that and different versions of that for years and years and years, okay? But now when it comes to war, uh, uh, war-induced slavery or and indebted induced slavery or just, you know, this tribe hates that tribe and, and you know, for something that happened a you know, hundred years ago and we hate them and we're just going to conquer them and enslave them and then we're going to sell them to, to, the, to this nation. That type of slavery, no, that's not a choice. But now what type of slavery do we have today if we have slavery? It has to be mental slavery, okay? 
there are pockets in the world where there's physical slavery, sex slavery. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have a friend who was a child slave in Sudan. He's now, uh, uh, he's now running for the presidency of Sudan. We've had him on this program, okay? A bold die ging. And so uh, we've had him on this program. He was taken into slavery. His family was killed and only him and his brother because they, they killed the parents and the teenagers and they keep the children that are like under 12 because they're, they're too young to fight back. And so he escaped, came to Richmond, Virginia, got a, a college degree at my alma mater, VCU, and now he's, he's no longer a child. He's a 30-something, almost 40-year-old man, and he wants to go back and become president of South Sudan, okay? And so, you know, these things, this, 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 this slavery exists in pockets, okay? But the slavery that the Democrat Party manages today is a mental and spiritual plantation, and Kanye West hit the nail on the head. It's a choice, okay? Because I've been, God knows, I've been standing behind this microphone for 10 years sharing with you that you are free because God created you free. And you can be like Esau and sell your birthright of freedom for a bowl of beans or you can exercise your freedom. And Kanye blew the whole idea up, and they're fighting him with, oh, how dare you say slavery is a choice. But he's talking about current slavery in America, mental slavery, okay? Spiritual slavery. It is a choice. It is a choice because you can listen to the hatchet man and you can listen to other watchmen on the wall that have been, many have been doing this much, much longer than I have. Okay, much, much longer than I have. My 10 years of doing this is nothing compared to the dedication that some people have given their entire lives to sharing with you, not trying to make you free, sharing with you the idea that you already are free. God gave it to you, and all you have to do is claim it. That's all you have to do. You just have to claim it, okay? So you have to take uh, Louis Farrakhan out of your brain and toss him to the ground. Take Jesse Jackson out of your brain and toss him to the ground. Take Malik Shabazz, Cornell West, Al Sharpton. You have to take all these poverty pimp Negroes, these poverty pimp politicians and pulpit pimp preachers, take them out of your brain and toss them in the wastebasket because... God in heaven already created you free. And it is just that simple, folks. It is just that simple, okay? And if you want to continue to choose to be a slave, the, you know, there's a bunch of Negroes that um, did a die-in at uh, the office of one of our state senators because they're saying that she won't expand Medicaid and people are dying, which is a lie. There's no one dying for lack of Medicaid, and let me tell you who dies when you have the government control health care. We talked about it last week. Little Alfie Evans died. Last year, little Charlie Gard died. Okay? And that's Marx. His birthday is today, Karl Marx. And that Marxism, socialism, communism 
fascism, you could call it Islamism, all these different isms where the elite who are in power control every aspect of your life and you have no freedom. That's the result. Sarah Palin got it right. There would be death panels. And all the Democrats and half the Republicans screamed at Sarah Palin. How dare you say that our government would have death panels? But folks, the only person that has power, the only people that have power to create death panels are the government. And if you look at history, there have been millions killed by government, much more than by street thugs. When you get a street thug takes over a government, like in North Korea, that's what you get. We're going to take our final break of the day, and when we come back, we're going to draw five more names for the Ruth's Chris Steakhouse giveaway. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on the Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal. And as promised, folks, I have drawn uh, five names for our final of our three. This will make 15 uh, $100 gift certificates uh, that we've given away, uh, courtesy of Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And, um, you know, matter of fact... um, Mark, let that sizzle, steak sizzle play uh, while I read these five names out. Jim P., okay? We have uh, Joe S., we have Edison L., we have Dave H., and Matt P., Okay, and I'm going to hand these over to uh, Mark, and uh, we want to thank everyone that participated, and especially uh, the fine folks uh, at Ruth's Chris 
Steakhouse. And uh, and I think we have a caller on the line. And uh, okay, well, well, if you want to call back, caller, you have to do it quickly. Okay, 804-454-1366. And, uh, and it's been such a jam-packed program, I just realized that I think that's the first time I've given the phone number out today. I mean, it's just, uh, we've, we've had a lot to cover. And, um, but you know this uh and again back to this 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 idea uh that the urban league puts out every year this uh the annual state of black america they call it the state of black america report i call it the state of black america shakedown report okay because really what they want to do is it's a shakedown and this is uh the Jesse Jackson tactic uh, forever and a day. It's just that if we protest enough, these uh, weak, uh, nice guy Republicans, they're just going to give us what we want, okay? And so, and this is what they um, have been accustomed to receiving, and they think they're just going to get it in perpetuity forever. And, you know, this, 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 new, this new style of Marxism, well, it's not really new. It's, it's from the Frankfurt School, a uh, bunch of guys from... Uh, Germany, uh, after World War II, uh, came over and they decided that, well, it's uh, a little bit too hard to uh, go up against capitalism because, of course, capitalism was booming. And so it's hard to go to the guy with calluses on his hands and, and work boots on his feet and 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 convince him that, um, you know, he's never, ever, ever going to do anything uh, but work at that factory and that somehow he's being taken advantage of and that he should uh, become a communist, okay? Because people have believed that they could just uh, do better and a lot of people are happy doing what they do even though they, they have calluses on their hands and work boots on their feet. And so while capitalism was strong, it was hard. And so what they're doing is cultural Marxism by going into the schools and they're going after our young who lack the maturity to resist. Okay, and uh, we're going to welcome Joe from Chesterfield to the program. Joe, what's on your mind, brother? Well, I've got a couple of things, but let me be real fast because we only have a limited amount of time here. Yes, I thank wanna, you. Um, say something here and see this might be something we want to talk about in detail next week. I'm of the opinion that we could abolish the race uh, problem, if you will, within 20 years if we would really believe the things that Martin Luther King said about. Uh, the racial uh, situation. Well, this is the problem, Joe. I hate to cut you off, but you're right. The time is short, but this is the problem with that. Republicans do believe it. Democrats uh, who control the levers of information, uh, and and I'm not going to say what they believe, but they don't want that to be the case because that takes power from them and it gives power back to the person that gets up off the plantation and declares himself or herself to be free. And so Republicans, we already believe it, but see, there's no, there's no benefit to Jesse Jackson and to Don Lemon and to Al Sharpton. There's no benefit to them by implementing uh, Dr. King's vision. He's got, you've got that definitely right. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. They'll use any excuse to, to win an election and get power that they can so they'll say anything about anybody yeah. that wants to threaten them. So, yeah, well, you're I'll, so I'll right. I wouldn't let you go. But, Thank uh, you. I appreciate you calling. Have a tremendous day. All right. God bless you. Keep up the good work now. Okay. 
Thank you so much. And uh, but yeah, so uh, is that other caller still on? Oh, okay. Well, anyway, we are really we appreciate that, and uh, I appreciate your call, Joe. And uh, well, as we wrap the program up, folks, it's just been uh, you know again. I would encourage everyone. Uh, there are quite a few uh, very thoughtful articles uh, that have been published uh, lately, and some of them are up on my Facebook. You can go to visit me at Craig Johnson on Facebook, and. Um, there, there, there's one. Paul Kingor, in particular, uh, was really a brilliant. Uh, Karl Marx at 200, he he really nailed it. Okay, and we've had uh, Dr. Kingor on. I uh, think, as a matter of fact, I think we had him on this year. It's it's not if 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 not this year or the latter part of last year, we had Dr. Paul Kingor on. Brilliant, a brilliant guy. And uh, and he hit the nail uh, directly on the head. And uh, now what I've done is I've sort of made a comparison of uh, two men that were born 200 years ago. Uh, one was Frederick Douglass and the other one was Karl Marx. And another comparison that I have enjoyed making over the years is W.E.B. Du Bois versus Booker T. Washington. OK, and Booker T has a strong Virginia connection, you know, educated at Hampton University, uh, did his ministerial studies at Virginia Union University. It was it was called something else uh, back then, uh, but it's it, it was Virginia Union University and uh, was the founder of the or rather the first president of Tuskegee University. And now when he went to Tuskegee, uh, the first thing he had to do was teach the students how to how to lay block and brick, okay, and how to how to build, because they had to actually, they literally had to build the school from the ground up, okay. Now you talk about a man's world, okay, but um, anyway, uh, well we just we're gonna have to let that be the final word uh, on today's. Uh, program, folks. And uh, I do want to uh, share with you as we listen to a little bit of Lee Greenwood, um, uh, whose who's, who's beautiful music is such a blessing to so many uh, across this nation. I want to leave uh, a little prayer with you. Uh, and that prayer is this, that God would use all the things in your life and work them together for good. That through tough times, God would build your character. Through good times, God will keep you grateful. Through testing times, God will strengthen your faith. And that through prosperous times, God will enrich your giving. And throughout all the times of life that may come your way, that God will cause you to continue to grow into the faithful person that God desires and enables you to be. God bless you, America. From the lakes of Minnesota, a man to the hills of Tennessee.